Welcome to the Expert Speak, a service of the Florida Psychiatric Society. I'm Abby Strauss, and thanks for listening. There is an aspect of the immigration process that has not been getting adequate attention. Much of the current political debate looks at the ifs and the hows of immigration. Far too little attention is paid to the effects of immigration once it occurs, and this is especially so when it comes to the children of the immigrants. Nowadays, it is even more so in the news. Joining us to discuss these under-discussed issues is Eugenio Roth, a professor of psychiatry at the Florida International University. Thank you, sir, for joining us. Thank you for inviting Immigration is the mixture and the movement of people with their cultures, and the effects of immigration must be studied as much in both those who move and in those who now have new neighbors. In a recent article, you explained the notion of acculturation. Let's begin with that concept. Would you explain it to us, please? Acculturation can be simply defined as the process when two people from different cultures come in contact with one another. Now, this can lead to several outcomes. A person can choose to be marginalized and not assimilate at all to the receiving culture, and that's the phenomenon that we see many times in the Chinatowns all over the American cities where you have people who do not speak English and live in the United States within their ethnic enclave. A person can also assimilate, which is to shed completely their previous ethnic and national identity and become completely Americanized, or they can choose to become bicultural by re-editing their identity and keeping the aspects of their identity that they find useful in the receiving country and deleting those that are no longer useful. You use the word receiving country, and right now the United States may not be as legally receiving, especially of the illegal immigrants, as might be anticipated. How much of a difference is there in the mental health adjustments for those who come in through the legal channels and those who come in through the illegal channels? The process of acculturation can take people to positive or negative mental health outcomes, and there are many variables to take into account. One of them is the climate in the receiving community. If the immigrant comes into the receiving community at, at a time of a financial depression, when the receiving community has people in their own community that are struggling and fighting for the same jobs that they would compete against with the immigrants, and that That would eventually lead to potentially uh, negative mental health outcomes. It is also important to take into account the background of the immigrant. If the levels of education and their ethnic identity, their ethnic and racial identity, for example, an immigrant can arrive to a region of the receiving country where his or her ethnicity is denigrated or rejected. Or the individual may come from a rural background and have a low level of education and arrive in a large urban area where his skills in farming and so on are not useful. So these are all factors that should be taken into account in terms of the adaptation and mental health outcomes of the immigrants. Do we see a pattern more or less consistently of the needs or problems in the children of immigrants? Are they unique in what they present to mental health workers or is it a different flavor? 
the children who immigrate usually have an experience very similar to exiles in that they are frequently uprooted from their communities without much explanation because the parents themselves are worried about their own immigration process and the stresses of immigration. So children oftentimes find themselves uprooted from their human environment, their grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, school peers and teachers, and also their non-human environment, their neighborhood, their school, the street where everybody knew them, and they land in a completely strange environment. On the other hand, children also have more plasticity. They adapt faster, they learn a language faster, and many times within a couple of years, the children end up translating the uh, language of the receiving country to their parents, which then creates uh, very awkward situations for example, if a child is disciplined in school and the principal calls the family in, sometimes the child may end up translating the principal's message to the parents, and this undermines the traditional hierarchy where the parents have the authority in the family. Now, what's also very interesting is is a concept known as a structural ceiling in which the immigrant cannot rise regardless of an effort or his talent or his achievement. A child going into a, let's say, urban area who came from a farm community might suddenly find himself unable to move into the normal school socials and clubs and and those types of things, which may add to some alienation. I would imagine that's a problem. Uh, Many immigrants find that their racial origins are rejected or denigrated by the receiving community. And this, in youth, may lead to what is known as an adversarial identity, where the young person stands in defiance of the receiving community, which she or he perceives as denying him the opportunities that they deserve. And this is when adolescents join gangs, which is a kind of group adversarial reaction. Some adolescents are able to surpass the gang culture and eventually acculturate and become part of the mainstream American society, and others uh, perish along the way due to drugs or violence. It also strikes me that a child might be particularly upset if they've been brought to the United States, perhaps abruptly, like you said, and they were told that they're coming into a better world. Things are going to be better here. The streets, so to speak, are paved with gold, which we know they're not. This is another level of maybe very serious disappointment that can lead to all sorts of adjustment issues. Child fostering is the term that has been used to describe the process by which many immigrants, especially from Latin America and the Caribbean, immigrate to the United States, leaving their children behind in the care of relatives. And after the immigrant assures a financial security, they send for the children that were left behind. At this point, the children that were left behind have formed emotional attachments to grandparents, aunts or uncles or caretakers, and they're ripped away from that attachment from the people who have then become, by then, their emotional parents. So the child then arrives in the United States 
and the process of mourning that is associated to the loss of those people who fostered the child is usually ignored and problems ensue in that the child then comes to live with somebody who's a virtual stranger even though that person may be the biological parent. The biological parent on the other hand feels that the child is being ungrateful because he or she is not appreciating the opportunities that they have been given for a better education and this leads to all levels of family dysfunction. And of course it sounds like it's we exacerbate the notion of a broken family and the fears that the family may even be further broken if one of the parents is an illegal immigrant and the kids every day wait for the possibility that that parent will be arrested and deported. What a way for a child to live. Absolutely. It would also seem that these children who normally should look to their parents for cultural cues or advice on how to deal with cultural issues now may not have that asset because their parents don't know it. And if they're living in communities like Chinatown or Little Italy or Little Russia or wherever, that may not be much of an issue. But do we see that most of the immigrants who come here are not part of those little communities, that they're actually out in the more general community, and as a result, the children don't have that cultural heritage and cueing that they might need? One of the areas of immigration that has been studied is the acculturation fit between the parent and the child. When parents are poorly acculturated and marginalized in the receiving community and the child acculturates faster and starts losing the language of the parents, this leads to a disconnection between the child and the immigrant parents. And usually these adolescents fall into a type of cultural limbo where they feel alienated from the culture of the parents and not quite a part of the receiving community. And this has been studied and has been found to lead to adverse mental health outcomes such as conduct disorder and substance abuse disorders. Do we have adequate mental health resources looking at these children, intervening with these children? Do the schools make accommodations for these children? Is there a general rule of thumb about that? There is a new literature that is beginning to emerge addressing interventions to help immigrant children in American schools. Immigrant children in American schools constitute about a third of the American school population, and they're the fastest-growing population group within the American schools. And good outcomes in school guarantee good mental health adjustment. Many immigrants immigrate to the United States with the dream of providing their children a better education. And having a good education assures a success in the entry at the market level into the American society. So the dream of succeeding in school is the best gift that a immigrant child can give their parents because that way the parents feel that their sacrifices have been fruitful and the community of immigrants feels proud of the child and fosters their self-esteem and makes them proud of becoming a member of their community. So the community, clearly the larger community, is a very essential part of the psychosocial adaptation. Yes. Rather than distancing shamefully 
from the community of their parents, the immigrant child who succeeds in school is proudly received by the community of their parents. And this is very positive for the child's self-esteem and it reinforces their bicultural identity, which is, has been found to be positive for mental health outcomes. What about the role of religion? A lot of kids come from communities where the church is very powerful and very helpful, understandably so, and then they're tossed into a very secular society. Is there any evidence that that is problematic for these kids? Yes, and in many communities, especially the Protestant denominations, function as a social network for many immigrants where the individuals that immigrate find social support such as babysitting, they find job networking, and emotional support as well as a sense of belonging in a community. So the church for many immigrants becomes a kind of social support network that is very important in their adaptation. Do they reach out and help literally intervene? I remember many years ago when a number of people came from Russia and they were living very, shall we say, they were almost isolated. So the various religious groups literally go out and pick them up and show them how to shop and how to do this and how to do that in our society. Are the churches doing that type of thing? Yeah, that's a very good question. That's a very good question. We have a lady from Honduras that's been with us for, I don't know, 18 years now, and she belongs to this Protestant church, and they have like all kinds of services. So all these people come and they live in these groups, and I believe you call them ethnic enclaves. Could you elaborate? Yeah, the ethnic enclave is a concept where compatriots of the country of origin get together and form a community. And this serves as a diving board into the labor market. So many individuals who are from a particular culture or country of origin prefer to immigrate to a city or region in the United States where there's a significant number of compatriots that form a particular ethnic identity. And rather than starting at the bottom of the job market with no networking and connections, the ethnic enclave serves as a point of entry directly into the labor markets and also the immigrant finds a very supportive group of compatriots that validates their identity and helps them in their acculturation and adaptation into the receiving country. One sees these types of ethnic enclaves in cities such as Miami, San Antonio, Texas, and Los Angeles. And there's also other smaller ethnic enclaves with people from the Pacific Rim and other ethnic groups. And it raises the question as to the origin, the original motivation for coming to the United States. If it's because of political pressures that they have to leave a country because they're in danger, it's very different than coming here for the betterment of one's economic life. And I think we automatically just think of the young man or the young family coming here to enhance their ability to grow economically and so on. But there must be a difference between the two groups as to why they come here. There are three questions that one should ask the immigrant. The first one is, under which conditions has the immigrant arrived in the United States? Did they arrive as a conqueror or as a slave? Were they forced out of their country of origin or did they come to the United States voluntarily? 
The second question is whether there's a ceiling, a glass ceiling beyond which the immigrant cannot pass, regardless of his abilities, talents, and efforts. And the third question is whether there's an ethnic stereotype that is attached automatically to the immigrant upon arrival, from which the immigrant cannot separate, even though the stereotype that is being attached to the immigrant may be completely different from the qualities of the immigrant himself. Hmm. Interesting. And as you were talking, I envisioned that if it's a political basis for coming here, the entire family may come at one time, which brings into play the notion of the broken versus the non-broken family. And if I can just elaborate for the moment, even the grandparents may come. You may have a whole group come, which is different than the standard notion of the immigrant who comes from Mexico and goes back and forth and eventually brings the family here. could be a very different world for the children. The process of immigration into, into the United States is often a very fractured one, where people immigrate in different portions and at different times, and it leads to family fragmentation and reunification. And these fragmentations and reunifications carry a psychological process that will play out differently according to the different variables that are involved in each particular scenario. And we do have to be sensitive to these, and when we hear of problems, we need to study not only perhaps just the gross symptoms that are in front of the mental health provider or person who's intervening, but understand the sociologic and other cultural things that have come to play in that child's life. We tend not to think about this very much, and I do applaud your work in bringing us to these issues because they are very critical. Dr. Eugenio Roth is a professor of psychiatry at the Florida International University, and as you have heard, he has spent time studying the notion of immigration's effect on children. Sir, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for inviting me.